Several years ago, I was backpacking with my younger brother, and we were in a very rugged section of Idaho, very mountainous, known as the Sawtooth Mountains. We were very high in these lovely mountains, and suddenly we were in this very beautiful up meadow, high above 10,000 feet, and we came upon these large flocks of sheep. It really startled us. Well, it turned out that there were these shepherds that came from Spain. They spent the whole summer, mount, summer months up in these mountains taking care of these sheep. It was really very beautiful. And we talked to these shepherds. They spoke English. And I'll never forget one story that they, that they told us. One of the shepherds said, If there were a hundred sheep in a pasture and one jumped over the fence, how many would be left? Well, I sensed a trick question, okay? But I didn't know the answer. So I still said, well, there'll be 99. And the shepherd said to me, nope, there won't be any left at all. He says, because sheep are dumb and they follow all the others. <laughs> so I think he told that story to every backpacker that stumbled across their path, okay? Well, we may not be dumb sheep, but we certainly all have done some dumb things in our lives. And we need a shepherd to guide us along the way. And indeed, we need a shepherd to encourage us and heal us when we need it. A shepherd who gets us going when the going gets tough. And when we are attacked by a wolf, like the wolf of misfortune, the wolf of loneliness or addiction or misdirected goals in our lives, we need shepherds. The fourth Sunday of Easter is traditionally called Good Shepherd Sunday. The shepherd is a very, very rich biblical image. Not only in the New Testament, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament as well. We're all familiar with the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. God is identified as the shepherd there. And you can read that shepherd your whole life. Never exhaust it because it comes to us in the most important moments of our lives. We can extract more and more meaning from it. The New Testament continues with this rich image, speaking about how God seeks out the lost. We have this image spoken of in the Gospel of St. Luke. Jesus in Luke 15 speaks about how he is the shepherd in the parable, seeking out the lost sheep. Jesus today claims this title for himself again. It's much more than an image of tenderness and compassion. He speaks about himself as willing to lay down his life for the sheep, contrasted to the hired hand who has no care for the sheep, just works for pay. All he's concerned about is, um, you know, what they're worth, a commodity, the worth of the wool, the worth of the mutton. We see how much Jesus loves us, even unto death. So you wouldn't care for anyone unless you had a relationship with them. That's what Jesus is saying. You wouldn't love someone unless you were willing to die for them. And um, he says in this image, he says, I know mine and mine know me. Just as I know the Father and the Father knows me. That relationship, imagine that, just the way Jesus and the Father have this relationship. So he has the same relationship with us. It's really deep. 
in the way that the world works today, the leader goes first all the time, and the shepherd of the sheep are last. But Jesus contrasts with that. No, it's the sheep that are first, and the shepherd serves the sheep. Today, appropriately, Good Shepherd Sunday is also World Day for vocations, World Day of Prayer for vocations. Jesus shows us that the motivation for our ministry has to be, has to be love, as his love is for his sheep. There can be no exclusiveness, just taking care of our own. He talks about there being other sheep as well, and his outreach for everyone not just for a few. We all have a vocation. The word vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. So we're all called. We're all called to imitate Christ. Some of us are called in a special way, priests and religious, called to, to give our whole lives in service of the gospel. Pope Francis has famously said, that we are to have the smell of the sheep, which means that we are to be with our people, to closely identify with them in the trials of their lives, not to be apart from them. Strangely enough, in my own life as a priest, one of the places where I can say that I've felt the, the smell of the sheep has been one of the great loves of my life, which, of course, is in cycling. You think I get on my bicycle to get away from everyone. But no, it's, it's been precisely in this love that I have that I found myself there also, too, experiencing my life as a priest. Let me just share with you one such story. One of my bike trips was from Vermont up into Quebec to Montreal, there I met a fellow cyclist, his name's Ken, who became a very, very close friend. As we cycle along together in our groups, you get to know one another very well. You talk to one another all day long. As I came to know the story of Ken's life, I came to know that he, was for years, was struggling with leukemia in his life. Of course, we were going to be cycling where we were in Vermont, he had to have that disease in remission. But as I got to know him better, I also came to know that he was a man of deep faith. This was a, uh, a ride that we really loved a lot, so we did it a second time. Ken actually organized this ride. He found a way to get up into Montreal through these very elaborate cycling paths to take you right into the heart of Montreal. So the second time we went up to Montreal... I suggested to Ken that we visit a place called the St. Joseph's Oratory. And that was founded and built by St. Andre Bisset, a saint who was recently canonized. St. Andre, very simple, humble man. He was a doorkeeper, college across the street. He was known for his healing. People went to him to be healed. He was a brother, religious brother, Holy Cross brother. And um, he, built this, he built this oratory. First, it was very small, not even as big as this sanctuary here. 
But then it grew and grew and grew. So today it's one of the major oratories of this whole Western Hemisphere. It's huge. And when he died, literally hundreds of thousands of people came to his, to his funeral. And over his lifetime, he cured thousands, and still people are being cured. It's absolutely amazing. It's an amazing story. So I asked Ken if he wanted to go there, and he, he see, indeed, he, he wanted to. So we went, and we prayed at the tomb of, of St. Andre for healing for Ken's leukemia. And then, after that, we, we went upstairs and we went to Mass, because Mass was just beginning at the oratory. About a year or so later, Ken went for his regular checkups, University of Michigan. When he was diagnosed with leukemia, he was a professor there at the university. He had since moved to Colorado, where he was a professor there now. So when they came back with his tests, they told Ken that there was no evidence whatsoever of his leukemia, no markers, anything of the disease at all. None whatsoever. I really believe that um, Ken was cured of his leukemia at the tomb of St. Andre. To make a long story short, um, Ken had other health issues that came along, and God brought him to his eternal home a little over a year ago. I felt very blessed to have been a part in his spiritual journey and um, while he was here upon this earth. And it all came about because of, because of the bike and, of course, our shared faith and the vocation that God has given to me. Our Good Shepherd gives us all a call, gives us all a vocation, and he wants us to experience the meaning and the joy that comes from living out our life's mission, our vocation. That's why he came to this earth. He is truly a good shepherd who leads us to the rich meadows in this life where we are nourished by the sacraments and his word. And we never have to worry about droughts or famines because he is a good shepherd. Will we be good sheep and make good and responsible use of all the gifts that he has given to us. Today, he renews his commitment to us. May we, in turn, do the same and be good sheep as well.